Good morning, good morning. Uh, welcome into Step Up. Got my co-host, as always, my boy Ryan with me. What's going on, Ryan? Not a whole lot. Lovely morning. Ready to get into some uh, action with some uh, hot-ass topics we're going to be covering for everybody today. Yeah, a lot, a lot of hot ass topics too. A lot going on. Um, I, I feel like there's gonna be a lot of shit talking today, Ryan. I feel like there's a lot of shit right now. Oh man, it, it doesn't even like touch the surface from what you had just said. I mean, there's just so many bits and pieces of just you know paper that I had to uncrumble from the garbage can from what we had seen <laughs> this past weekend just to uncover uh, what we're about to talk about with everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I am definitely, definitely with you. Um, let's go ahead and start off with some takeaways from the NFL. You want to start there? Let's do it. All right, so let's go ahead and let's go ahead and continue with the train wreck happening in Cleveland. Um, Baker Mayfield now with 14 interceptions on the year, still the most penalized team. Nothing has changed from last week, and they lose 24-19 to to a backup quarterback on the road in Denver. Um, why the hell does Freddie Kitchen still have a job? As I can't, I don't understand. Uh, but before I dive into that, I do just want to point out, I did, uh, not to say I told you so, but I did tell you so. The the, <laughs> the, the ponies will get on to winning ways with Joe Flacco out of the system. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, but, now that I mean, now with the way they're winning, I mean, th- they could even, you know, they could become a wild card playoffs while they just keep winning out because, you know, Allen looked good on Sunday. But then again, he was playing the most depleted team in the NFL. And man, depleted, deflated, like whatever word you want to choose for those Cleveland Browns. Um, The kitchen has been on fire since like week four. Honestly, since week one, when it got blown out by the Titans at home, especially when everyone's thinking you're going to be, you know, this team potential AFC North winners, at least a wild card team. And now at this point, you're just kind of looking towards next season. Um, And it, it really, it just like you said, most penalized team. Freddie Kitchens is it's we're I'm seeing a lot of just like disgust from myself in just what I'm seeing in the Cleveland Browns from what Freddie Kitchens is actually doing with his play calling and if I had to give my two worst play callers of this season Freddie Kitchens and Matt Nagy are co-champions yeah, but at least Matt, Nat, you know, at least the only thing Freddie Kitchens is doing better, at least he's not depleting his quarterback as well. But, I mean, you see him in his interview after the game on Sunday, I don't look at stats and blah, blah, blah. It's Freddie, start looking at stats because they're not good. Like, I, I like, <laughs> I don't I don't understand why you're saying that. You're the worst team. You're the worst team in almost every category on offense. It's unbelievable. And let me tell you, if this team doesn't make the playoffs – this is worse than the 0-16 Browns, than the 1-15 Browns, than, than what's happened. This will be the worst Browns team in the last five years because of the expectations to this team that you should be AFC North champion. You have no, you have no excuses anymore as to why you are not in the playoffs. You have a good defense, a young defense, a young offense. You have your quarterback. You, you know, you took him first, first pick overall. This is your guy. Stick with your guy. Get a new damn coach. 
or just call it quits this year and get Kitchens out of there. I mean, you still you still have a chance for the wild card spot because you have teams like the Chargers that are turning it around and and the Raiders are still up there. You know, the Colts are still fighting who just lost to the Steelers. Now the Steelers think they have a chance because they're only a game and a half behind the Ravens. So you still have hope, but make the change. He's not it. You got to do something to spark this team. And Freddie Kitchens, it's, it's time for him to go. Um, he's not the chef anymore. Get a new chef. Kitchen sucks. So, Absolutely. At this point, Ratatouille would be a better chef in that kitchen. Yeah. I mean, honestly, get Gordon Ramsay. Hell Kitchens is just about the same. So it's time to bring him in. If if, if you really want it that bad, he's going to make it worse. So Please, Gordon Ramsay, tell Freddie Kitchens he's an idiot sandwich. I beg of you. <laughs> It's just, oh, it's just unbelievable to me. And it's, to me, it's just, you know, four minutes left in the fourth quarter. How do you have no timeouts left? That, that was the biggest shock to me is, you know, you had chance after chance to win this game. You have no timeouts left with four minutes left in this close game. It's just awful coaching. And it just gets, it gets worse week in and week out. And it's just, I'm surprised ownership isn't sick of it. Like all the fans are. So Bears, um, you just – I mean, Browns – I mean, the Bears are becoming a disgrace too, but the Browns, you're a real <laughs> disgrace, honestly. Uh, let's move into this – I think what we were most shocked about this week, besides that Patriots and Ravens game, let's go to the Chargers and Packers game. I mean, what, what can you say about this dominance that the Chargers brought out on the Packers? I, I feel as if I have a good reason to why Green Bay lost as bad as they did, it was because Aaron Rodgers shaved his mustache. <laughs> I, 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 it looked as if all of his mojo came out whenever that facial hair hit the sink. Yeah, because um, he didn't look comfortable comfortable in the pocket whatsoever. No, not at all. And that defensive front for the Chargers looked as good as it did all season, the best it season um and it, it made a disgrace out of that offensive line from the Packers for you know we've seen really good protection from Aaron Rodgers season long and everything just seemed to be clicking on the offensive aspect for the Chargers too they were just able to move the ball um and that it seriously makes me question uh the state of Green Bay's defense as we get a little bit closer to postseason time yeah, because, I mean, Green Bay's defense, they have been rolling. And they started rolling in that green in that Dallas game uh, that Green Bay went, won on the road. And in a Dallas team that I'm still not confident in after seeing them Monday night, I mean, arguably they could have lost that game. There was, there was, it seems every Monday night game there's terrible calls. And there were two terrible pass interference calls on the Giants where I don't know if the guy, you know, if he was blowing too hard while he was running and covering Amari Cooper or what, what the call was. But this is why, I mean, I know we're talking about the Packers, but I mean, that's exactly why the NBA is starting to become more popular than the NFL because refs don't ruin the game. But get, getting as back much. to this, yeah, as much. But get, getting back to, I think with the NBA, they're just expected to. <laughs> but, <laughs> but go, go, I mean, this Chargers team, they look good. They were rolling. Melvin Gordon looked good in this game. Um, it, it seems Phillip Rivers got his mojo back. But I hope the Chargers can hang on because the Chargers are a fun team to watch in the playoffs every year because I love seeing them get their ass whooped by the Patriots. It's one of my favorite parts of the season 
going into December and January. I just, it, it, you know, it's not a good season unless until you see that ass whooping in the playoffs. So, and um, it, it's something that we've seen as a common theme year in and year out, where Philip Rivers is rocking his bolo tie out the conference room into the tour bus, getting back on that jet <laughs> to go home and spend another off season without a ring. Yeah, I mean. So, so with with this win, I mean, should the charge and, and the lack of so the thing with the charges at home is it seems like it's more of an away game for him. It's a super small stadium. L.A. is one of you know one of the biggest cities in in, a, in the world that we know of. Is it time for them to just maybe pack up, move again, and head overseas to London? So I do want to say the Chargers owner Dean Spanos did say that we are not going to London, but. You know, if there's money on the table, you know, you're always open to listening to that offer. Yeah. Um, but it, seriously, the, the franchise kind of tainted themselves when they left San Diego. Um, just the whole aspect of, you know, making two L.A. teams, uh, obviously, like those Rams games, like they're – Definitely not sold out by any means, but they at least have 500 fans there compared to the 100 fans for the Chargers. Yeah. Um, and L.A., the Rams, they get their new stadium in two years, too. The Chargers, they have not started building a new stadium yet. And they're expected to move over to the Coliseum where the Rams now play. Correct. But even so, with, with the yeah, – because I, I know once they left San Diego, there was so much of their fan base that was just disgusted with them, and they, they practically disowned the team. They were like, okay, we're going to be Raiders fans now, even though we hate the Raiders. Yeah. Um, you know, they're probably you know not even going to grasp the Rams just, you know, because they kind of had a similar situation. St. Louis fans disowned that team when the Rams went back to L.A. Um, so – and honestly, I would love to see – I think it would be awesome to see even the Chargers move to St. Louis. But I think it is in the best interest for the Chargers to actually move to London. I think if you move to London, I think you have the greatest advantage in the NFL because teams then have to travel a week earlier. They're tired. I mean, when you fly – like, let's say when West Coast teams go there, it takes almost a day and a half. So – you got these teams traveling. They have to practice in London, and you have a whole new fan base. You don't, you didn't have that in LA. You were, you know, you were an hour and a half away, being down the road in San Diego, and everyone hates you because you moved from San Diego. So to get this new start, I, I think why not move to London? You get a whole new fan base. You get a Grade A stadium over there in London, and it, people already know in London they want an American football team. It's something new and exciting that they have over there, and you have a whole – not only a whole city, you have – it's like the Toronto Raptors. You have a whole country behind you. Like when they won the NBA championship, it wasn't just Toronto. All of Canada was celebrating. So. Uh, absolutely. The, the only issue that I really have from it, aside from – all of those beautiful aspects that you pointed out. The fan base was going to be there. Um, they want uh, another football team over there being an American football team. Um, just, you know, we all know everyone in Europe, they just love their uh, actual, you know, international football. Um, and I'm talking uh, soccer, if uh, you guys don't know your actual terminology here. <laughs> um, but the, the only issue that I really have with it is those long flights because, I mean, you have teams – uh, you know, eight games a season having to fly to London. And then you also have the Chargers eight games a season having to fly into the United States. 
that's a lot of air miles and we already you know we have players that just are not happy with these London games just because you know the jet lag you know the yeah. time it takes to get over there the lack of time of preparation um, so I mean maybe there's a better option than going to London but it's still not something you know that's too far out the window yeah yeah and the NFL next year they're even looking to double the amount of London games over there changing it to about eight or ten games of the season to have them in London just because of the you know the positive reaction they've had but um let's go ahead and let's go to this Sunday night game I know you're ready to talk about it I really don't want to fucking talk about it but uh, (laughs) let's go to the Ravens and Patriots game you know Lamar Jackson you know looked dominant you know best running back in the league by far um you know, Ravens defense stepped up huge. Patriots defense, they look, you know, they disappeared in the first quarter, going out seventeen nothing. Um, what what can you t- what can you tell me about what you saw from this game? So the Ravens were able to produce something that every other team this year has not been able to produce against the Patriots, and that's turnovers. Um, that's something, uh, especially where uh, Julian Edelman you know, fumbles football, gets taken back to the house. Um, just little instincts like that that we've seen come from, you know, this New England Patriots team that the, you know, the Ravens kind of kept in their own bag and, you know, really didn't let the Patriots actually get the best of them. Um, I'd like to see this matchup played in Foxborough um, just to see if, you know, the opposite would happen. But from what I actually saw out of that, you know, game is if there is a team to dethrone the New England Patriots in the playoffs this year, it's the Baltimore Ravens. I, I'm I'm still gonna disagree with you. I think it's still unless Jacoby Brissett broke his ankle on Sunday against that loss of the Steelers, I still still think it's gonna be the Indianapolis Colts that will dethrone the Patriots. Um, the thing about Baltimore is I think playing in Foxborough, Bill Belichick is the best in the league at making changes, and I think what you saw from the Patriots is not what you're gonna see in December or January. So I, th- I think it's going to be a totally different game, a different game plan. And playing in Foxborough, I mean, to me, it's it's one of the hardest games to play in, especially in playoff time. You know, just like it is with the Saints and the NFC. So I'm I'm interested to see it again. I, I think it'll be a great game again, especially a great AFC Championship game if we get to see that. But it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. Um, one thing I didn't like is I feel Lamar Jackson is now changing what teams will look at for the quarterback position. I I definitely foresee it just with everything that he's actually able to do. I mean, with the way that he is running, and, you know, a lot of people still call him a running back, um, but it's because the way he can use his legs and he can just make people miss – um, the only question I have about, you know, that play style is, you know, longevity, you know, health wise, but if he can stay healthy and, you know, actually provide some longevity, seriously, I think Lamar Jackson will be the greatest running back, uh, running quarterback of all time. Um, you had it first running back. You, you had it. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, As soon as he escapes out of the pocket, you have to step up on him. Yeah. And what is that doing? That's leaving somebody open upfield. Yep. And it's it's seriously because of how dangerous he is with his legs as to why it that it's being such a huge success for him. And we really have not seen someone this dangerous with his legs since Michael Vick. Cam Newton, I'm sorry. Um, you, you just can't throw the football. Um, you really never could. So that's why teams aren't worried about, you know, pushing up and actually hitting you. 
and that's why you're on injured reserve right now, and your career with Carolina is probably over. Yeah, uh, and I agree. I think Carolina should move on. I think Cam Newton can still be a starting quarterback in the league. I just think it's time for him to just move on elsewhere. I think it's time for a new start. He's been on a Super Bowl hangover ever since, you know, Von Miller took his crown down from MVP. Um, I don't know what it is with those NFC South teams and their Super Bowl hangovers. Yeah, but, I mean, they just lose in the worst ways possible. Uh, but but moving on, the last thing I think that's, that's that we should talk about for NFL is short. The, your your Philadelphia Eagles, is it time for them to go get Antonio Brown? Man, if that guy can actually keep his head on a swivel, then absolutely. I mean, he he really needs to take his off-field issues. He needs to take his arrogance, and he just needs to play football. Um, Eagles did just uh, re-sign Jordan Matthews for his third stint with the team. Uh, so he basically went in-house with this after placing Deshaun Jackson on injured reserve. Uh, heartbreaking for me to see. Um, but it, if we do go out and shop for Antonio Brown, it's not something that will happen this season. Um, I, I don't see it happening this season. I think – Every single team is just, you know, they've looked at Antonio Brown's situation and they're just really on that wavelength of, okay, you know, we're just going to give this guy some time away from the game, even though he wants to come back and let him get his head right. Let him take care of his off-field issues so that way he's not being a drama queen, uh, you know, for your organization. And I think I think you do go get him this season. And, and this is why. I, I think because of the, the immaturity he's shown – I, and what Antonio Brown has done, I, I think, I think you can go get him because he has no room to do these things anymore. It, this is his last chance in the NFL with, with any team that signs him now. So I think if you're Eagles, I think you go get him now, and it's you know if he acts up, you know then you just drop him again. Then no NFL team will want him. But that's the thing. I think the fact that no one wants him. I mean Seattle was close. Then they went and picked up Josh Gordon. I think the fact that it's clear that no one wants him and he knows that, he goes, okay, you know, I got to show that I'm the next best thing and the only receiver on pace to break all of Jerry Rice's records right now. You know, I, I can be this guy. I can be Carson Wentz's, you know, best friend. Like, he has no, no room man, to, no, he has, you know, he has no room to come in and shake things up. No room to be a drama queen. No, no reason to burn his feet off again or wear a helmet from the 1960s. You know, a, anything <laughs> like that. He, he has no room to disrupt a team because no one fucking wants you right now because of the mess you are. So if the Eagles give you a chance, especially with if you get picked up by the Eagles, you know, this, you know, the promising probably make it back to the Super Bowl that you can with the pickup of Antonio Brown because he doesn't drop passes. And when he plays, he's the best receiver in the NFL. And right now it's not even close because DeAndre Hopkins is having an off year. Julio Jones, you know, Matt Ryan can't get him the ball. Odell Beckham can't get the ball. You know, the only other good receiver right now in the NFL is Michael Thomas, Stephon Diggs, you know, Adam Thielen, you know, guys like that, Julian Edelman. Tyler Lockett, you know, it's these guys that are just having step up years because all the great receivers that either, you know, DeAndre Hopkins is dropping passes. Like, you know, he looks like Nelson Aguilar out there. And like Julio <laughs> Jones, he just can't get the ball because, you know, Matt Ryan is probably the sorriest excuse of quarterback I've ever seen in my life. So it's just, I think it's time to actually give this guy a chance. He's not, I don't think he's going to go out there and mess things up. 
I think he's actually going to go out there and make this team. I, I think he's going to make this team win their, their division if the Eagles went and picked him up. Because the, the thing – because Mills and Darby, they played great last week against the Bears. And I think to get this kickstart on offense with, you know, Alshon Jeffrey dropping passes again last week. I think you go get a guy that, you know, makes this offense great that we can see it. Uh, absolutely. By all means, we go pick up Antonio Brown. There will be a nice midnight green 84 hanging in my closet next to my Wentz jersey. Um, <laughs> uh, but, no, seriously, you, you kind of hit the nail on the head there. When he plays, he is the best receiver in the league. He just needs to learn to keep his off-field issues at home. Yeah. Um, and and Philly's, it, the, it, Philly's the place for second chances. I mean, y'all went and got Michael Vick at dogfighting, which I hope Lamar Jackson doesn't start getting into. So. <laughs> Uh, but by all means, too, like what Vic did was wrong. But I love the fact that Philadelphia did give that man a second chance after his jail stint. And he came back and proved that he could still play in this league and earned a lot of people's respect again. Yeah. Um, so, that, that, as you said, Philly is a great place for second chances. You know, we've seen it time and time again. So, by all means, Antonio Brown, I welcome thee. Um, it is just up to Howie Roseman to get it done. Yeah. And let's see if he can actually get something done this season with no trades happening this season. But, um, you know, I think a great um, – I think it was a great weekend in the NFL. I mean, we only have one undefeated team left. Uh, I loved what I saw from the Ravens actually being a Patriots fan. I think it's great to see teams stepping up now in the AFC. I mean, now the AFC is almost getting as good as the NFC. You know, Chiefs, huge win over the Vikings. Dolphins winning their first game. I called that, by the way, so fuck you, Ryan. Um, <laughs> but let's That's go okay. ahead. I called the ponies over your, uh, your shitty bronze, so <laughs> – uh, let's go ahead and get in this Thursday night matchup. We got the Chargers and the Raiders. You know, great divisional matchup. Uh, both of Chargers four and five, Raiders four and four. Um, who who you got in this game, Ryan? After what I saw on Sunday, I'm taking the Chargers. Absolutely, I'm yep. taking the Chargers. Um, it, it just seems like they just kind of hit a whole nother level uh, playing against this Green Bay Packers team that was looking as if, you know, they were a clear-cut favorite in the NFC next to uh, the San Francisco 49ers to, you know, actually make it into the Super Bowl. Um, so who knows, by all means, the Chargers very well could have gotten into actual gear and are getting ready to go, excuse me, go about, um, you know, making that push for a wild-card spot at this point. Because I think you've lost too many games already to actually, you know, go out there and win your division in the AFC West, especially when you have the Chiefs ahead of you. Um but that wild card spot is wide open right now um, in the you know the AFC. I think really the only uh, AFC team that has a clear spot in the wild card is the Buffalo Bills, which is a two loss team. Yeah. Um, a great, I think a really good two loss team too. I I I still think people are kind of overrating that Buffalo Bills team. I think we're you know we're really going to see who they actually are. Uh, especially if they happen to make the playoffs. I don't even think they win that playoff game. Um, and it, it was a sense, too, to where uh, even, you know, my Philadelphia Eagles, we expose them to full extent um, as, you know, what they really offer. So the, the Bills are kind of another team, you know, where they're going to play a better team and they're just going to kind of have to take a backseat to that better team. Yeah, but definitely, definitely I'm taking the Chargers in this Thursday night matchup. Um, I, I think – the, the Raiders are going to play them tough, obviously, being a divisional game, but I'm taking the Chargers 31-20. to 20. I think it's going to be opposite. I don't think it's going to be a close game. I think the light 
is ignited and for the Chargers now. You know, they got that huge win over what I thought was the best team in the NFC. But, I mean, I mean a huge win. I think Phillip Rivers is letting his guys know, like, look, we got, you know, we got a big win. I think, we, I think we're going to see a monster. I think Joey Bosa may eat Derek Carr for lunch. I think it's going to be that bad for Derek Carr on Thursday night. Um, I think Phillip Rivers, Melvin Gordon, and Austin Eckler, I think they all have huge games. I expect Keenan Allen to have two touchdowns. Uh, just because that Raiders secondary, I mean, with, with, with the trade from Gary and Conley to the Texans, Gary and Conley looked great last week um, for that Texans team, along with Bradley Roby. But uh, I just expect great things from this Chargers team now. I, I think that win just, I think it gets them going. You know, it only takes one, and I, I don't see them stopping anytime soon. So I agree with you. I'm, I, I still have them with 31. I think it'll be 31 14. Um, Chargers, but that, that you know that'll be a great game tonight. Uh, so you know, let's go ahead and let's get into some NBA talk. Let's talk about this Bucks and Clippers game last night. Bucks went in one twenty nine, one twenty four. Giannis, 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 thirty eight points, sixteen rebounds, nine assists. That boy brought the noise in LA last night. I mean, again, we saw no Kawhi Leonard, but hey, no excuses. Bucks went in, they got the job done. Uh, are you liking this Bucks team so far? You know that let go of arguably, you know, great, a great, um, a great player in Malcolm Brogdon. Absolutely, I'm liking what I'm seeing with this Bucks team because they're not as clogged anymore with, uh, you know, getting rid of Malcolm Brogdon. It wasn't necessarily them getting rid of him. He did have his own choice to leave in free agency. Um, but seriously, yeah, they're they're not as clogged up anymore because when you have Eric Bledsoe, George Hill behind him, you have Chris Middleton running the two, you have Giannis, it doesn't matter where he's at on the floor, he's Giannis, he's going to do what he does. Um, and that it, it's something to where, you know, the Bucks are, I think they're looking better this year than they were last year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they've got two of the three Antetokounmpo brothers. They have both Lopez brothers. So, I mean, there's a lot of chemistry there just in that aspect. Um, and then, you know, the vast majority of this team, it, it really did not change. Um, it really wasn't so much of an aspect of them, you know, really bringing people in except for their draft picks. So, you know, they're, you know, keeping with, you know, their same bag. They know what they've got. Um, you know, they're excited, you know, to make another postseason push. Giannis arguably could be, you know, MVP this year. Um, and then I do want to point out something on the Clippers front. The NBA did give permission for the Clippers to rest Kawhi Leonard. I don't understand why Kawhi, you know, needs to rest when it seemed as if he, you know, was as healthy as can be last year. Um and it's 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 mind-boggling, and that's what's going to ruin the Clippers. Is if you know their their player that they just went out and spent all this money for is just sitting on the bench playing with his toes instead of winning them basketball games. Yeah, to me, um, first off, I just want to say great win by the Bucks. I love what I saw them last night. Hopefully tonight I get as drunk as Eric Bledsoe did last night when he just tried to dribble the ball from the inbound line instead of passing it in. <laughs> um. But you know, I just it might have been more than alcohol. Yeah, yeah. I, I, he might have been hanging out with Jr. Smith before the game. I really don't know. But um, I, I agree with you. I think I, I think it's just going to hurt the chemistry of this Clippers team because even the Clippers last night. I think the, the difference is is I think these surrounding players are going to realize that you know we're good. You know, without Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. I mean, they only lost by four points to arguably the best team in the East. 
and it was at home. And so I, you know, obviously that's a, you know, it's a stupid statement to think, but that's something you're gonna think with the more he sits out, and especially if you start winning games against good teams. I mean, you, you could it, when in clutch, you know, in clutch time, you'd be like, no, give me the ball, or like pass the ball more, Kawhi. You know, it could ruin the offensive side of the team too because the chemistry is not there, and all these, you know, surrounding players, they're building the chemistry on their own, and they're getting wins, and they're getting the job done. I think it's an opposite of what we're seeing from the Lakers because, you know, the Lakers are on their fifth straight win. LeBron and AD are clearly, like we both said before the season started, the most dominant duo in the NBA, and they're proving it. But I I agree with you 100%. I think it's going to hurt the chemistry. Um, and I, I can't wait to see what happens at the end of the month when Paul George comes back and hopefully Kawhi Leonard and see how those two play together with the surrounding team. But let's get into what I think is the sleeper of the year. Let's get into the Suns organization. You know, let's go out for a tan real quick, Ryan. Uh, let's talk about the Suns beating your Sixers for their first loss of the year. Devin Booker dropping them that 40-point dime. Uh, how are you liking the Suns team? That they're having great wins so far. What What do you think so far? So n- not so much a tan for me. I'm feeling kind of sunburnt by this Suns team. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but they they are looking amazing this year. They really are. Um, this is something where Devin Booker really wasn't you know fully healthy last year, and he's looking phenomenal this year. And it actually killed me to see him not fully healthy last year because Devin Booker is another name that you could honestly throw up there in the MVP conversation. Another great young talent who just seems as if he's already poised to lead his team. And they're out there doing this without DeAndre Ayton, who decided it was going to be okay to use PEDS. Uh, And I don't understand why he decided he he needed to use PEDS because he was basically a mini version of Shaquille O'Neal when he came in his rookie season. so when you're that big and you still need to use steroids, you probably just shouldn't be in the league because there's something <laughs> mentally that's kind of messed up there. No offense. Yeah. Um, but no, seriously, like it's not something that I'm, you know, distraught over the fact, you know, that my Sixers lost to them. Uh, Sixers wound up losing to the Jazz last night after, uh, you know, a Ben Simmons shoulder injury. Um, but it's an 82 game season. Um, so, I mean, there's still going to be, you know, that longevity there, you know, where teams are going to start breaking away. But it really what I'm seeing from this Suns team is we're looking at a potential top five seed in the Western Conference. Yeah, and I'm seeing it right now too. I think Devin Booker, I think he's going to be right there with Luka. I think him and Luka are going to battle for who's the best in the league in the next three years because Devin Booker is that guy and he is that good. That's why That's why before the season started, I even said I would love to see Devin Booker get traded to a team that can, you know, compete for a title because it, he's just – he's he's so smooth the basketball. You know, he's an offensive score like we haven't seen. He plays defense lights out. He gets, you know, as hyped up as Patrick Beverly. Even got Patrick Beverly fouled out in that game when they played the Clippers and won. But I tell you what, next Tuesday, I am ready to see this Lakers and Suns game. And today, I'm even ready to see them play the Heat. I'm ready to see him and Tyler Harrow and Jimmy Butler go at it. I think it's going to be a great game tonight between the Heat and the Suns. Absolutely. That's another matchup that I'm going to be excited to watch um, alongside this Thursday night football game. Um, I want to take a quick backseat from the NBA and point out from what we were talking about with the NFL with the Chicago Bears. Mitchell Trubisky wants all of the TVs turned off in Hallis Hall 
because he's tired of hearing the criticism. So not only can he not handle the pressure on the field, he cannot he- uh, handle the words coming out of analyst's mouth. Mitchell Trubisky, you got to go. Honestly, but that's the thing, though. I think Matt Nagy ruined that for Mitchell Trubisky. Is I think with you know the the disrespect he has towards his quarterback, I, I wouldn't want to hear it either because you know watching these shows, just like every other fan, it's more of Matt Nagy not trusting his quarterback, which I think it is. I mean, you know, he had a he had an early chance to come back. You know, the second half he actually came out and looked good, but. You know, it's just it's just a shame for to see that between a coach and a quarterback, which are supposed to be best friends. So, but I agree with them. I wouldn't want to see the criticism either. But I think it's right. I think he needs to step up and you know and produce. I think that's the only way to shut him up. So if you can't if you can't take the heat, just like Freddie Kitchens, you know, get out of the kitchen. It's okay. The water's boiling over right now for uh, both of those franchises. But let's get back into this NBA discussion. Uh, um, I, I just think last thing we have for NBA, I mean, LeBron gets his third straight triple-double, comeback win versus the Bulls. They rallied from a 19-point deficit, fifth straight win. Um, what, I mean, what are you seeing from Lakers? Am I making you a believer yet, Ryan? Because I've been proven right so far, so suck it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, really, I'm, I, just, I still want to see what's going to happen season long with this aspect with this Lakers team. Um, the whole the whole washed king trend that's going around, I'm not a fan of. Um, I never thought LeBron was washed. It was always just a question of if he, you know, was the best player in the league still. Um, it, it still is arguable that he is not the best player in the league when you have guys stepping up like Giannis again, um, you guys, you know, stepping up like Devin Booker. Um, Kawhi Leonard's kind of taking a backseat for me because he's liking to take these rest games. Um, I'm sure the fans obviously still aren't happy with that sense. You know, you like you said earlier, get all that money for this man, and he's just sitting on the bench playing with his feet basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, the Lakers team, they're they definitely starting to heat up, um, and that's something that I just cannot deny. Uh, that's three straight triple-doubles for LeBron James. Um, what I'm looking to see now um, is, one, can this team stay, you know, healthy season long, just, you know, barring, you know, some of the players having, you know, history with injuries, and two, are the fans going to start donning Alex Caruso's bald spot? <laughs> Oh man, Alex Caruso. What I mean, best player in the NBA by far. I don't even think it's LeBron anymore, honestly. But um, no, I, I agree with you. You know me. I, I'm me. It's you know you know me. I'm a I'm a huge LeBron guy. Lo- love the way LeBron plays. But it's just the way this team's clicking. I mean, you saw Dwight Howard become a monster in this Bulls game. We haven't seen Dwight Howard become a monster since what he played for the Hawks. <laughs> like I mean, <laughs> or the Magic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's it's been a long time, and I've never seen a player accept a role position as good as Dwight Howard has. So I think it's awesome to see from Dwight Howard. Um, I, I, LeBron's trusting Avery Bradley and, you know, Danny Green and Alex Caruso more with the ball, which I think is great. Um, I still think they need a little bit more acquisitions to t- be taken seriously against the Clippers because that's how good those surrounding players are, especially their bench. It's just ridiculous how good they are. But, um, 
Uh, I mean, it's just going to shape up to me to be a great Eastern Conference showdown between the Lakers and the Clippers. I, I think it's just going to get better and better as the year goes on. But, I, I mean, don't be surprised if we see – to me, I think in the next couple weeks, we're going to see Anthony Davis start taking some rest games. Um, that's really the only guy's health that I'm really questioned on. I think, you know, I'm not really worried about LeBron because the guy had a whole off season this year because he's, you know, instead of the – eight years ago because he's been in the finals eight years in a row. So I'm not worried about LeBron as much as I am with Anthony Davis. And I think the fact that Anthony Davis is now on teams with LeBron, his body's going to, you know, become more and taking a toll because of he's going to see how great the role model is in LeBron and how much he takes care of his body because, hey, that's his dollar sign. And I think Anthony Davis is going to see that and he's going to, you know, do the same thing LeBron's doing. So I think we're even going to see a better Anthony Davis in the coming years for the Los Angeles Lakers. You, you could hope so that he'll get back to Anthony Davis from Anthony Day to Davis. Um, but <laughs> but seriously, it, it, it was something that was much needed for LeBron James. Um, like you said, after being in the finals eight previous years, aside from that, and especially after the, you know, groin injury that he you know, happened to receive last season, which was unfortunate for him. So having that extra time in the off season was exactly what that man needed. Yep. And then uh, before we jump into our college football showdown of the week, you know, game of the century, I would just like to say, Ryan, I think it was ridiculous that the Nate Diaz and Masvidal fight got stopped by a doctor. Um, I think doctors should actually be kicked out of the UFC. I mean, I'm just, I'm just kidding. But I was honestly so disappointed. Uh, it was, it was gonna be, it was, it was a great fight. Nate Diaz, he was getting his ass whooped in the first two rounds, but Nate Diaz is known for the, you know, the fourth and fifth round, and that's what we were about to see. Nate Diaz kept saying he was fine, but um, I, I think it was just unbelievable and and worse for the fans and even I think Dana White even thinks it too that it was stopped by a doctor's decision so I can't wait to see that rematch just wanted to throw that in there real quick the the rematch is going to be something else um Nate Diaz is 100% pissed off and fired up from that situation um really though I do understand why that did happen um, we did see Nate Diaz in worse condition in his fight against McGregor, in which he won. Yep. But the reason why the ref went about stopping this is because within the past month, I do not recall this man's name, but he was a 26-year-old boxer who was knocked out on a Saturday night, gained a concussion, and died Monday morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember. And this is why they took that extra precaution. So I definitely understand it, but it's something that I think they just, you know, need to kind of look at for longevity reasons and, you know, kind of do a workaround. But I mean, this is a sport where the guys get paid to beat each other up. Yeah. Can you imagine what they go like? I can't imagine the thought process of, let's say, you know, let's say Friday night before the fight. Can you imagine just, you know, you're sitting in your hotel room, you know, I, you know, I turn on a movie and I'm just sitting there thinking like, wow, there's a guy out there in the world that wants to fucking whoop my ass tomorrow. <laughs> Can you just imagine the thought process that goes into these athletes? I mean, it's just to me, it's just crazy. I think it's more intense than boxing because 
You know, you can get knocked out by someone's heel. It could be an elbow to the face. You know, you, you don't know what it's going to be. Yeah, so you have, knees. Yeah, exactly. It's just, it's unbelievable what you have to be ready for in the UFC. And it's just, I can't imagine the toll it takes on you, you know, mentally before a huge fight like that Nate Diaz and Masvidal. And it, it, it's, that's something, you know, that uh, that's just a sport, you know, that just has a whole different feel to it. Um there's just any form of, you know, boxing, UFC, kickboxing. Um, it, it, it has a whole, you know, another level of aspect to it. Um, that, you know, a lot of people don't, you know, necessarily understand. But, I mean, it's seriously, it's one of the, you know, the sports where most money is actually made. We look at Floyd Mayweather, who's practically a millionaire for going 44 to his tenure. Um, and then just these guys, they, they enjoy it. They, they enjoy going out there beating the shit out of people, getting beat up themselves. But then at the end, it's all love and respect for the other fighter. Except for in this case where Nate Diaz got, you know, stopped by a doctor's decision where he probably want to beat the shit out of the ref. Yeah. And so another, so we'll definitely look forward to that rematch. And then, you know, Conor McGregor, it's about to be confirmed that he'll return to UFC January 18th um, and fight Cowboy, you know, Donald... Cerrone, so that that'll be another good fight. Get see Connor bounce back into the UFC first from his first fight from the loss that he faced against Khabib and the train wreck that he's been since. Yeah, Con- Connor's gonna have one fight in the UFC and then punch someone else in a bar. So yeah, won't, won't last long. All right, Ryan, let's get into it. This you know we have the you know game of the century. You know probably the top two picks in this upcoming NFL draft, as along with Chase Young. Um, you know, Heisman hopefuls. This game has everything we want to see. Number one versus number two, Alabama versus or number two versus number three. Now, I guess if you go by the college football playoff, but Alabama LSU at Alabama. Oh my God, are you ready for this game? Um, I I can't believe I, I just can't believe the fact that it's not a night game. I can't believe it the fact it's a three thirty game, but um. You know, I, I, and the thing is with this game is we don't know if Tua is going to play or not. I expect him to. You know, Nick Saban, super shady. But Alabama has a 72% chance to win this game by Las Vegas betting. Is that ridiculous, you think? Um, I mean, I, th- I think it is a little bit ridiculous, but it does not surprise me as to why they're picking Alabama as a favorite in this. Um, Nick Saban did say there is a good chance that Tua actually plays in this game on Saturday. Whereas, um, you know, his overall condition, it's undecided if he will play. But we will see as it gets a little bit closer to, you know, actual game day and actual game time for that aspect with Tua. Um, but I, I think really, and this is why LSU took a backseat to Ohio State as, you know, being pushed back to the number two team in the playoff rankings is because th- this is what, you know, they're realizing that this is going to be LSU's true test with Tua or without Tua if they can beat this Alabama team. Yeah. And I think what I even – and I think the college football playoffs set this up better for LSU because, yeah, LSU's number two arguably could be number one. Um, I-, I think it could bounce back either way. It doesn't, it doesn't matter to me as a Buckeye fan, but – I think LSU is set up perfectly, and I think they learned that from the college football playoff first rankings. I think if they if they lose this game, 
they can still make that fourth spot in the college football playoff, even without going to the SEC championship, because they have great wins over of, of a great Texas team when they played it before their defense got depleted over Auburn, over Florida. So they have great wins already under their belt. Alabama, on the other hand, if they lose this game, you're out. You're not going to make the college football playoff unless something drastically happens, um, which I don't think will. I think, you know, you're going to have Oregon, Utah win out. or you'll, you'll have Oregon or Utah win out. Oklahoma will win out. Clemson will win out. Penn State, you know, or Ohio State, one of them are going to win now. And one of them is still going to be a one-loss, great undefeated team. And Alabama hasn't played – you know, they haven't played shit this year. So, to me, if Alabama loses this game, they're out. That the, You know, you're not sniffing the college football playoffs this year. That defense has been horrific this year. You know, Tua has played great, best QBR in college football. But this is so – Alabama needs this win way more to me than what LSU needs this win. And it helps LSU in favor even more that it's playing in Bama and not in Death Valley. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But uh, agreeing with your case, uh, LSU is still in a better uh, aspect just because they actually have, you know, the ticks in the win column against ranked teams this year. Um, But really what I can foresee is whoever loses this game will either drop to number four or to number five. If they drop to number five, they're getting replaced by Clemson in the playoff, mm-hmm. um, which that doesn't surprise me that they decided to throw Clemson at number five. Um, they've just been kind of shaky all year. They just do not look like, you know, repeat national champions after, you know, their dominant performance that they had last year against uh, Alabama. Um but this is seriously something that, you know, everyone really needs to keep mind to because it, it, these are realistically two of the top four that we will see in the final, uh, you know, playoff push for, you know, this college football system. And even potentially, depending on how they get ranked, we could either see a rematch in the college football playoff or yeah. even in the national championship game. Yeah, I mean, if, if something happens to where – I would say if I would say for us to see a rematch, because I think if Alabama wins this game, I think I honestly think they jump to number one. I think I would put, I think they're either one or two going along with the Buckeyes, but the Buckeyes have you know another test next week against hosting Penn State. So to me, I, I just don't see Bama making it if they lose this game. But again, we can see, you know, we can see LSU if they win, they jump to one. Somehow Bama makes it. That's one and four. So, you know, we'll see them then too. But either way, this, I mean, President Trump's come to this game. That's how huge this game is this weekend. But it's just going to be great. So before we make our picks for the game, I just want to get into Clemson. Um, I'm so sick and tired of hearing people say, oh, this is the reigning national champs. They should be in the top four. You know, this team, they, they've been to the, the playoffs the last four years. You know, they won two of the last three, you know, championships. Blah, 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 blah. That's all I hear. And I'm so happy to see from the college football playoff, I don't care what you did last year. I don't care you're the reigning national champions. You haven't done shit this year. You've beaten – you're finally beaten teams by 40 points, but it's Wolford and Florida State who Florida State just fought, finally got a clue, the clue that the Browns haven't got and fired their head coach and Willie Taggart. So 
to me, it's just I'm so happy to see a college football playoff this year. I think they're taking a stand with we need to see what teams do this year. It's not about who you are. It's not about, you know, where it's about what you produce. And Clemson simply hasn't produced this year, and that's why they're not in the top four team. I mean, you have a Penn State team that, you know, blew up Michigan. Uh, blew up Wisconsin, blew up Iowa. They have three great wins under their belt. LSU, we already know, playing lights out. Joey Burrow, probably Heisman hopeful of the year. And I, and not even that, he could be the number one pick going into next year's draft. That's how much his draft, his draft stock has gone up. And he has a number one completion rate in college football. He's playing, And he's not playing against lousy defenses like Tua or Trevor Lawrence. Um so I, you know, I'm just I'm sick and tired of hearing Clemson. You you have to earn your spot, and you simply haven't earned it yet. Absolutely, I think the playoff system kind of got it, uh, you know, spot on with the top four that they picked. Uh, even throwing Penn State in that aspect there, um, I, I you know I think Penn State was the right choice to put in over Clemson, just with how you know poor we've seen Clemson play this year, especially in a lot of close games, especially that North Carolina game where you guys were a completed two point conversion from losing that football game. Yeah. Um, but it, and it, it was it, a terrible call on two point conversion. It was probably one of the worst calls I've seen in college football. So absolutely of all time, not not just this season, definitely of all time. Um, but I mean, uh, nonetheless, so uh, if if there is going to be a change in this top four, uh, you know, barring, you know, something overly dramatic happening like an LSU or an Alabama dropping more than just this one game this weekend, um, it doesn't deem as if Ohio State is going to lose a game this year. They're just that good. Um, Seriously, on paper, Ohio State is the number one overall team, and that is why they put them at number one in the playoff system. Um, and I think it just shows more that they, you know, they have three guys that arguably have Heisman cases and Chase Young, Justin Fields, and J.K. Dobbins, who are all playing lights out this year. Oh, but, yeah. And Joe Burrow, he, he right now, he's a five to four favorite to win the Heisman. Which he should I be. Love to, I, I, love to, I would love to see a defensive prospect win it. Um, probably, if I'm not mistaken, it would be the first since Deion Sanders, I think. Um, but. It, it's going to be competition with Joe Burrow, and Joe Burrow can only uh, increase his stock from this game against Alabama with how he's played. He has the most touchdown passes out of anyone this year in the FBS. Um, so he's going to need to play lights out against Alabama. And if they do wind up beating Alabama in a great performance from Joe Burrow, you can probably lock him as your Heisman winner. So... Again, before we make our picks, reports have been coming in, and a lot of reports, that Florida State had a meeting with Nick Saban, and Nick Saban is now looking like he may be the head coach of the Seminoles next year. Is this Are we going to see a Jimbo Fisher-like situation that where if Alabama loses this game and misses the playoffs, I mean, Nick Saban, his buyout, Florida State already said they want to buy his contract out, and that was mentioned in this meeting. Um is this crazy or may we actually see this? I don't think it's crazy because it's something that I kind of put up earlier when we were talking about the Chargers. You put that right amount of money on the table, you have no reason to evaluate it. Yeah. Um, And and I think – do you think Nick Saban kind of looks at Dabo Sweeney while like, wow, you know what, I I want that schedule with the team that I have. (laughs) 
Oh man, I, I, I think it would be more so of a grudge against Dabo Sweeney to go into his own uh, you know, conference and to just beat him up because that's just the type of head coach that Nick Saban is. No I'm, matter where he goes, he has success. I mean, it would be the balls on this guy Except to be it would be the balls on this guy to go to the ACC and, you know, spank Dabo's ass every year in that Clemson Florida State game. Like, you know what? I don't have to play you in the playoffs anymore. I'll play you every regular season, whoop that ass, and make my way to the playoffs with Florida State. But I think it would be something crazy for us to see just because of the dominance Alabama's had. But, hey, if he sees, you know, you have teams like Florida and Georgia and LSU and I would say even Texas A&M in the next couple of years – all getting better, um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see, like, you know what, my, I, I think this dynasty is over in Bama. I think it's time for me to start somewhere new, and, you know, maybe he does head to Florida State. Who knows? But and I, I would personally love to see it just so that way we, we could have a shakeup in college football. So that way, you know, we're not just, you know, looking at the SEC as your overall suitor. Everyone still thinks the Pac-12 is a joke. The Big Ten is probably the only other, you know, serious contender compared to the SEC, followed by the ACC, which only has that Clemson team. So with Nick Saban potentially going to Florida State, I think it only improves college football. All right, so let's go ahead. Let's make our picks for this game. LSU at Alabama. Ryan, I got to hear what you're thinking. Who, who are you going with for this for this winner? If Tua plays, Crimson Tide. If Tua does not play, Joe Burrow. So it's really a toss-up for me at this point. Um, just with how you know LSU's kind of handled their situations this year, I would like to go ahead and just, uh, at least for the show's purpose, with Tua still not confirmed, I'm going to go ahead and take them um, in what's going to be a shootout. This game is not going to be a defensive aspect by any means. Um, if, if there is a defensive aspect, one team's just going to get blown out like we've seen in the past, and primarily it's been Alabama blowing out LSU. Um, but I think, uh, you know, the way that the LSU offense is ran, if, you know, they can really start, you know, testing that Alabama defense, getting the ball moved downfield through the air, um, this could be something where we see like a, like a 38 to like 34 victory for the Tigers. Yep, and uh, I, I agree with you. I'm going with uh, – if Tua plays, I'm going with that Bama team. They're at home. They got their quarterback who has probably been in the biggest situations than any other quarterback in college football. He's the most experienced in college football. I mean, he's been to two national championships already. You know, he's played great this year. Again, it hasn't been against the best competition. But Alabama at home against anyone with Tua playing, and he's had almost three weeks off, I'm going with Tua and the Bama, as in the Crimson Tide. If Tua is some for a reason sideline, Joey Burrow is going to light up this Bama team. He's going to light them up whether Tua plays or not. But I think knowing Tua is on the sidelines, it just fuels in, you know, coal to the fire. You know, they don't have it on offense. I expect LSU to have long, long drives, keep the defense on the field, keep that backup quarterback cold. Um, again, I think it's going to be a shootout too. If Tua plays, uh, I'm going to take Bama. I'm going to take them 42. I'm going to take them 42 to 31. I think they get some garbage points, and I think they, you know, I think they win by 10 or 11. If if Tua does not play, though, I'm taking LSU 42 to 24. I think they're going to, you know, again, long drives. I think you're going to see Burrow have some light out plays. But again, I just I think it's going to be a fantastic game. I hope Tua plays, but. 
I'm right there with you. Two is in, Bama. Two is out. I'm taking LSU. I like it. I like it. I'm glad, glad, glad we're on the same page with this. And uh, supposedly the uh, the rest of America, in terms of Bama being those huge favorites, but they're listed as these huge favorites with Tua out, which that part I just don't necessarily see. Yeah, but I mean, again, let's so let's go ahead. Um, favorite segment of the day. Who is our step-up champion, Ryan? Go ahead. Tell me who it is. Man, you kind of put me on the spot with this one. <laughs> um, I mean, really, if there's, you know, someone who needs to step up, I really don't want to keep repeating myself week in and week out, but goddamn Cleveland, get your <laughs> act together. <laughs> I mean, it, you, you seriously, you, it, you are going to need to, you know, step up in this aspect and, you know, prove that you can make this late season push to become a wild card team because right now you are the absolute laughing stock of the NFL. I'd like to, you know, point something out in the NBA as a step up. Unfortunately, there's really nothing for me to point out in, you know, the NBA for a step up. Um, if there's another step up and that I could potentially go about, it'd be in college football and it would have to be Alabama. If Tua doesn't play, you guys are going to need to step up on defense and stop Joe Burrow. Yeah. I'm going to go – I, I agree with you with the Browns. You know, I feel like my mom, my mom coming home every week yelling at me, you need to clean your room. You need to do this and that. <laughs> well, you know what, mom? You know, I, I'm not the Cleveland Browns. You can't keep yelling at me every week. You know, I'll get better in time. And that's how the Browns are doing it. So to me, I'm not wasting my breath anymore. It's going to be what it'll be. I have no faith in Freddie Kitchens. To, next week, they're going to be the most penalized team out of the week. Baker Mayfield's going to have another awful week. You know, it's just expected. I'm not thinking anything else except for that because that's what they are. And until you start winning games, I'm not going to change my mind. So, again, my step up of the week, I'm going to go with LSU um, rather than Bama, even if two is off the field. I think, you know, you're a team that, you know, you're number two this week, not number one. And – to me, I, I think people are like, oh, your wins aren't good anymore because Texas will be a four-loss team. Auburn and Florida will be three to four-loss teams when the season's over. So people are, you know, taking away the good parts of your season. And I think if you're Burrow, I, I think it's time for you to not, not step up, but this is the game of your life. Your draft stock has gone up tremendously. Show us why. Show us why you need to be the number one guy over Tua. Show us why you should be the number one team in the country. You know, it's it's just – you know, just do it. Go out there and beat Bama. You haven't beat them in years. And to beat them on their turf will be the, the best statement I've seen in college football in a long time. So, LSU, have the game plan ready. Burrow, come out of the cage firing on all cylinders. I would love to see LSU come in and beat Bama. It's my favorite time of the year when Bama starts losing. So, start it now, LSU. Get, come out of the gates firing on all cylinders. I mean, Joey Burrow, I can't wait to see you on Saturday. I think you're going to have a fantastic game. It's going to be probably the most electric game in all of college football all the way leading up into the playoffs. Yep. So, I mean, Ryan, another another great show this week. Damn, having more and more fun when we do this. Um, everyone, make sure you, you know, tune into some some that Thursday night football game tonight. You know, you got the Suns going on tonight too as well. Saturday, college football all day long. Don't miss this Bama LSU game because you will be disappointed. Um, Sunday, catch me and Ryan on Sunday. We have a lot of NFL talk, including how is Kirk Cousins going to beat the Dallas Cowboys this week after coming off that loss from the Chiefs. Uh, our locks of the week, our step-up of the week. 
um, who will make it or take it, everything. So we got it going on Sunday, our reviews from college football as well. So and and is Cam Newton done in you know in Carolina with his Instagram post from today. So a lot a lot of things to talk about on Sunday, NFL related, but again, great week of sports, Ryan. Absolutely. And there's only just more valuable content to come out and it's just it's a great time to be a sports fan especially this year yep that definitely so all right well ready to see i know me and you are going to go back and forth with this alabama lsu game on saturday but can't wait for sunday man a couple days away get right back to it absolutely gonna have some great picks some great takes for this upcoming weekend and you guys just stay tuned all right. Again, give us any reviews if you have any comments or anything. Um, Sunday, we are expected to have a special guest. Uh, so stay tuned to see who that is as well. But, hey, always a pleasure, Ryan. Absolutely, Holden. I hope you have a great one. You too, bro.